Victory. Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. The only thing I know how to do. It's a good-looking boy. I'm a member of the Imperial Senate. That's nice, Lord. Welcome to Earth. You crossed the line. You know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. This is Retrograde. We are your hosts. I'm Austin. And I'm George. And what do we do on this podcast? Well, we're going to be talking about some movies uh, from the past, not reviewing new stuff, not weekly releases. We're talking about old films that have come out. We're going to talk about their impressions on us, and we're just going to talk about how they've aged, and we're just going to give it a, a retrograde, see how it stands. Maybe films that were not well-received back then are actually pretty good nowadays, or films that were considered amazing are not that great. We're going to talk about the reason why these movies were as well received as they were. You know, so let's say like, uh, you know, you're living in America during the Cold War. You know, you're going to see a lot of bad, evil Russians on the screen. And living in the Cold War, it, it, it changes. Like looking back at it now, it just seems like ridiculous because nothing ever happened. But for people living in the 80s like that was a real threat you know the 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 fear of uh nuclear bombs coming from russia destroying you know western civilization the red scare yeah the red scare they yeah didn't they have commercials where like like if they they had children in schools where they would like if they saw like a nuke drop outside their window they like oh yeah there was like drills for for bombs that kids had to oh yeah gotta hide under the desk (laughs) <laughs> that like that like that was gonna do anything. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus. I think it's I think it's interesting to look back at these films and just kind of I mean just to just to see their impact and just kind of the impact that they've had on on our lives and to revisit them because a lot of the films I ha- I mean there's a few films I haven't seen in a long time like today's film I haven't seen in years. But oh I, man. But I have yeah little recollections of it. There's one scene in particular that... What movie are we talking about today? Oh, we're talking about RoboCop, the OG 1987 film. Yeah, directed by Paul Verhoeven, starring it, wait, that Peter Wells. Paul Verhoeven? Isn't it Paul Verhoeven? I thought it was Paul Verhoeven. Paul Verhoeven? Yeah. Verhoeven? Is it? Verhoeven? I don't know. I don't man. know. These last names are crazy. Yeah, he's... Did you know he's Dutch? With that last name, I I could believe it. Yeah, this was one of his first American movies. His first major Hollywood movie. Oh, this Dutch dude is like... Oh, so he wasn't born in America. He was... No, he's born in Amsterdam. Oh, shoot. Well, damn. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah. Dude, this... I I think Paul Ver... I don't know how to pronounce his name. I feel like I have to, I have to hear it pronounced... Um, but he's directed a lot of movies that have like a you know a solid place in like the cultural zeitgeist. You know, he's Total Recall, uh, Starship Basic Troopers, Basic Instinct, Starship Troopers. But this dude's Robocop. not even American. This dude's not even American. But what? like we we've all seen his movies. We all quote his movies. Sharon Stone sw- swapping her legs when she's being interrogated by Newman from <laughs> Seinfeld. 
Yeah, I've never seen that movie. Never seen. Basically, but, but you know that scene though, exactly. Right? I've ex- yeah. It, that scene is ingrained in my head. It's it's been parodied a million times. Um, there's like a little a little funny story about like you know how getting him to direct the movie. This movie is supposed to go to somebody else, but then they're like nah, and then they're supposed to like get Arnold Schwarzenegger or uh, Rutger Hauer to be the RoboCop, but they were like too big for the suit, so they, they had to get uh, Peter Wellers. I want to say his name is yeah. Peter Peter Wellers because he's like kind of a lanky dude. And then I think someone else uh, was supposed to be the the sidekick that he has, the Nancy Allen character, but she was on a show called Remington Steel. Right, the show came back, so they're like, "Oh, well, we're gonna keep using you for Remington Steel." So she had to drop out. So like, this was a bunch of people's like fallback projects, you know, like this wasn't my, this wasn't our first choice. So we'll get this person. And I Whoa. think it, it all worked out pretty well. Paul Verhoeven read the script and he thought it was trash. And he was like, I don't want to do this. But then his wife, like the story says that she picked it up out of the trash can and read it. And she was like, you know what, husband, Paul, I think you should give this another chance. This is actually pretty good. And then he was like, yeah, okay, it, maybe I was too harsh on it. I'll, I'll give it a go. And this is his first American film? This one is first Hollywood. First of many yeah. classic Hollywood films. Damn, she should have been on his ass more about some other shit then, probably. Maybe she was. Maybe, she, maybe she's like the ghost director, and Paul Verhoeven is like taking her credit. <laughs> oh, like <laughs> that. It's like that big eyes scenario. Yeah, big eyes. I don't know, but she... I'm glad that she picked it up out of the trash and showed it to him because this movie's I remember it being really, really good. And I think I, I'm going to say it, it holds up. I remember watching it, but I only remember parts of it. And I remember mm. scaring the shit out of me because I, I was a kid when I saw I Oh, I yeah. Was, and I remember <laughs> the, the one scene I'm talking about that left that literally scarred me. It This scene scarred me for the longest time was when they're uh, shooting. What, Murphy, Murphy, and like uh, then you have uh, the dad from that '70s show, <laughs> Clarence Boddicker. Yeah, Clarence. Uh, what's his name? Kurtwood. Uh, Kurt. Yeah. Kurt. Uh, Kurtwood Smith. Yeah, he just like does the. He's like pointing the shotgun at, right at his face, and he's doing that. Nah, nah, uh-huh. nah, 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 nah. That's scary. And when he blows oh, up, yeah, and he shoots his hand off. Right. It like I was way too young to see. Yeah, that. I was way too young, and it totally messed with me. And I remember, like, I I had nightmares. It always stuck with me because <laughs> it, it always, I don't know why. I think it was, it may have been, like, one of the first times I saw, like, graphic violence like that. Like, I had seen people get shot and stuff, but it was always, like, in a, in a strategic military kind of way. You know, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger in Commando just going through the house and just blowing people up. But this was, like, in my head, this was violence that was directed at someone not to, not to, not to kill them but to hurt them yeah this it was it's really gratuitous how and you know what this movie when it we're like testing it it got an x rating which was like the the highest you could go it's usually reserved for like pornography but like back then they would give movies x ratings if they were too violent that scene when he's getting shot up was part of the reason why it got that x rating because it was so violent so the version you saw wasn't even the most violent version of that scene. <laughs> what that does to a kid, you know? It, oh yeah. It's it's really 
I think my my dad had to walk me through it. Kind of. I think my dad、mm. had to like really calm me down, just to like, hey, yeah, yeah. okay, it's you're too young. But it's not none none of that's real. Like they they afterwards they were laughing about all the blood being there because it's all fake and stuff. But like they're like so like evil. The guys that are doing it. He's like the that one dude, the black dude, is like like making fun of him. Oh yeah, making fun of his like death screams. And he has like a <laughs> he has a, like an awful laugh. <laughs> Where's your partner? Where's your partner? Well, guys. Other one was upstairs. She was sweet. Mm. 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 I took her out. <laughs> I bet that really pisses you off. <laughs> you probably don't think I'm a very nice guy, do you, buddy? I think you're slime. <laughs> it's just like he's like a cartoon character, and it's funny now. But、yeah. but especially for Tiny George, little、mm. emotional. Dude, like when I was younger, I cried when Luke Skywalker got his hand cut off. Oh yeah, that was another yeah. one too. <laughs> that was another scene that totally messed. I with cried.、Me. I looked to my dad's like he just cut off his hand, and then he pulls the whole like. I'm your dad. It's like, yeah. I looked at my blew dad. Blew my mind. Yeah. Are you ever gonna do that to me? <laughs> And he's like, No, no, it's just a movie. Like,、oh、let it go,、God. man. You know what? Like, I have some like deep issues with like my dad showing me all these movies <laughs> when I was a kid. It's、yeah. it's it's funny how, especially growing up, you just you don't even process. You don't even understand really what's happening. But you just watch、yeah. it in these movies, and you adore them so much that, you know, it's. And I'm not bag. I'm not bagging on the movie. I'm not saying the movie shouldn't be this violent or anything. A lot of people thought it was too violent, is, but I think the violence, as at least from what I remember, the violence has like a a point to it. Well, and I feel that that's the whole point with Paul. It's I haven't I, I haven't seen Robocop in a minute, but I mean I saw Starship Troopers like a few、mm-hmm. months ago, and that's another gratuitous film. But that's the whole point, though.、Yeah. Which leads me to actually ask: What is it about this movie that people like? Because, and Starship Trooper, he's talking about like the author- authoritarian government, just how batshit crazy the army is, you know. And he's drawing yeah, all these illusions. Yeah, it's the military-industrial complex. Like I think in the, I can't remember if it's just in the book for that one, but the. Bugs. They didn't even like attack the humans. That was like a random like accident that the humans were like, "Well, we can use the bugs for like their natural resources.、So、let's blame the bugs and take their natural resources." <laughs> I think there was there, there's the whole thing in the movie where it's like they're scared. You know, they don't really know what they're doing. At the, at the end, they're like, "What was his name?" Neil Patrick Harris is like doing like the test on the bugs, and they're like, "What does it say?" It's, it's afraid. It's afraid, <laughs> and, and they all clap. And do you and remember?、Cheer. Do you remember his、I、trench remember coat?、That. His like Nazi looking ass. Yes, yes. And that's and definitely so, looked like a. And、Nazi. that's and that's what I'm trying to get at. It's I think Paul is he's a smart guy, and especially because he's and because now I now I've learned this that he's not American. I think he's looking at American culture from an outside perspective and just like, huh, this is interesting. And I wonder if、yeah. most people understand these illusions that he's making. 
or if they just remember the gratuitous violence, how funny some of the lines yeah. are. And that's yeah. and that's kind of like what I'm trying to figure out because I feel like, especially with some of these older properties, people have this unbridled love and respect for mm-hmm. some of these properties. Yeah. But I'm like, but do you... Do you get what the guy is trying to say? Like, it's more than just, like, campy violence. There's there's a message here. And, 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 look, I, and I'm sure a lot of people get it. A lot of people understand it. But I, I feel like RoboCop is such a big thing now that I can't help but think people, most people can't, don't understand that. I think they remember the violence and stuff. I think people love it because it's RoboCop and because yeah. you're supposed to like RoboCop or because it's such a... Yeah. It's a beloved property. You know what I mean? I feel like I'm part of that. Because remember, I haven't mm-hmm. seen this movie in a long time. And when I did, I was super traumatized by it. Mm-hmm. I was, And it, it messed with me. But I can't say that I dislike RoboCop. In fact, I, I think it's kind of cool. So I'm also contributing to that. But then again, it's like I feel like Paul has so much going on in the film. Because he, do- because he does in his other films, like Starship Troopers, that I'm like, yeah. I can't help but feel like, do I understand? Everything that's going on in RoboCop, mm-hmm. do most people understand? I think because it's more than um, the violence and like the the cheesy stuff, that's why it like it means so much to some people. You're aware of of what it's trying to say without without knowing. It's like subliminal. Almost. It's well, it's so cartoonish and so blown out there that it's kind of obvious what it's trying to do. But I feel like there's a lot of layers to it because I keep going back to Starship Troopers, yeah. and you look at that, that in, like that's what his that's what his wife saw, right? Like if you believe the story that Paul was like, this is a stupid script, and then the wife's like, no, this actually this is actually really good. We should give it another chance. Like he saw like the surface violence, but she saw like the the message behind it all. What was really happening? And I just yeah. I can't help but just wonder, especially nowadays because there's so many remakes and stuff that it's like. Do people actually remember this stuff for what it was and kind of the filmmaker's intention? Or is it just because it's RoboCop? You know what I mean? And we all mm. remember. Did you see the remake with Joel Kinnaman and Michael Keaton? I've never seen it. Me either. I, to be honest, the PG-13 rating and like the design of his suit, it, it turned me off. The, the all black um, with the red visor. Yeah. I want it to look like an 80s version of the future, you know? And that probably begs the question, is is it because the filmmakers didn't understand the intention or that the studio wanted to make money? It's most likely that. Yeah. The the budget was kind of small. It had a, well, this says $13 million. I read before it was eight, but let's say $13 million. And it like makes a total of 53 um, domestic. But that's a lot back in the, back in 87. Yeah. Adjusted for inflation. Like that's. I don't know, a trillion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> well, enough to make two more sequels, right? Oh, they made two more sequels. They made a TV show and they made video games. And uh, eventually there's a remake with Joel Kinnaman. Which that cast looks pretty stellar because yeah, Michael Keaton, Gary Oldman. And it does yeah. not, it, I don't even think it made its money back. I'm like, what? How? I don't know. Yeah, the 2014 uh, Robocop was a budget of a hundred million shoot hundred million box office return to 42 million so it made its money back okay but people weren't happy with it no and it didn't get a sequel in fact the the sequel that they're planning i think the the guy from district nine is gonna do a 
oh, sequel. Oh, no. he he dropped out. He did. Yeah, that was uh, he. Oh, he, I see. As of August fifteenth. Apparently, the studio wanted it now, but he's working on something else. So they're like, "All right, well, I guess we're gonna go with someone else." There's two versions of this, right? There's the director's cut, and then there's a the regular cut. Oh, oh yeah. There's there's the the more violent version, and then there's like the theatrical release. I'm gonna watch the director's cut because I'm gonna watch whatever's on HBO. I think they're both on. I was looking it up, and I saw mm. both director's cut, and that's how I knew there were two cuts. Um, oh. But I'm gonna watch the director's cut just because I feel like, especially with Paul, I think he mm. has a specific vision for it. Granted. He had to compromise, so he didn't get that X rating. But I'd still want to see what he had in mind, especially now that I can't take the violence, that I won't be so shocked by it. Mm-hmm. I'm really curious. I Again, just going yeah. back and just trying to form an actual opinion about this thing rather than just, well, that scene scared me, but it's kind of cool, though. <laughs> Dude, you know, my first introduction to RoboCop was playing the, the freaking uh, Super Nintendo game with robocop versus terminator what so like you'd go around yeah it's a side-scrolling game where you're going around shooting criminals and t-800s and when i was a kid i was like oh this is this is terminator so when i watched the terminator movie and they kill michael bean's character i'm like oh he's it's okay he's gonna come back as robocop and then he doesn't so i was so confused as a kid because I thought they were the same thing. I'm confused, and I'm a grown-ass man. Yeah. Who even thought RoboCop and Terminator was a good idea? They did some weird shit in the 80s. There's a lot of crossover stuff with RoboCop. Did you know that RoboCop was on WCW? He, the, like, the wrestling? The wrestling show. RoboCop like was going to tag team with Sting. Huh? You know Sting, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo! He comes to save Sting. There's a clip of it online. And the ultimate showdown between good and evil. Sting, accompanied by Robocop. Watch as they show off their might and metal in Capital Combat Fighting. Priced at just $39. Yo. <laughs> if they... It's to promote the sequel to Robocop 2. This is pretty dope. Yeah. And he, actual suit and everything. Actual suit and everything. Walks out, dead or alive, you're coming with me. Whoa! I don't know if he says that. I'm sure it's not Peter. I'm, not, I'm sure it's not Peter in that outfit. Well, uh, Jim Cornette, one of like the wrestling promoter guys, he insists that it was Peter Weller. But Jim Cornette isn't like the most reliable source. He's a little crazy. Yo, the '80s were weird. '90s were a weird time. This, I can't. Yeah, like it's legit. RoboCop comes and saves Sting. Is there anything else you want to say about RoboCop before we? I'm I'm just curious to see it again because I'm trying to compare it to the images in my head. Just because this movie was made in the '80s, so I don't think a lot of the effects are gonna totally hold up. Like in oh, my yeah, like ED two oh nine walking down the stairs is not is gonna look funny. Which I remember that. Which is fine. Um, but I'm just thinking more of like the violence, just to see how mm-hmm. that holds up. Maybe is it still shocking? Does this still kind of make me a little uncomfortable? Yeah. Or am I just so far gone down this road of being desensitized to violence where I'm like, oh, okay. Because I, I feel yeah. like especially I was, as a kid, I was super sensitive to that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. now, I mean, I'm talking years, just just watching all sorts of different stuff. Yeah. But I'm still not totally far gone because I can't watch stuff like Hostel 
Like torture porn is where I yeah that I can't do that either. It's I don't I think we should watch one of them later on in the podcast to like Oof, that I, look I'm down, but that's gonna be real difficult for me. I that's a, an academic exercise, you know. I guess so. That's kind of where I draw the line. So I'm still not yeah. totally desensitized to it, but I'm curious to see what kind of reaction I'm gonna have to just because again I. I don't remember a lot. I don't remember understanding the meaning all that well. Do you think? Do you think the movie holds up? Well, that, that's what we're gonna. That's what we're gonna find out. Yeah, but before before watching it again, do you think it holds up? I think so. And, but that's you think so. But I'm only basing that off of his other work, Starship Troopers, um, mm. and kind of what he did with that was really great and wonderful. And I think it's the same guy. It's actually this. I think it's the same writer too. Oh really? Edward Newmer. Well, Edward Newmer and I don't even know how to pronounce it. Newmer and uh Michael Miner. Hmm. Uh I don't think he did um Starship Troopers. But Edward Newmer definitely did. I think it, I think it has to hold up. I mean it's lasted this long in pop culture. So there is definitely some yeah. merit to it. And it's Paul Verhoeven who Again, I like his other work. So I think it does hold up. I think it should. But I'm a little... Yeah, I think so too. Okay. Well, the reviews for um, RoboCop were generally positive. But some people thought it it was too violent. Um, there's one guy, let's see. Barry Norman, critic from England... He thought it was violence uh, verging on sadism. But he thought the, the special effects and jokes were funny. He said the movie was almost admirable. <laughs> that, that, I hate I hate when critics say stuff like that. Like, almost admirable. Eh, that doesn't bug me so much. Look, for me, especially with critics, just say what you mean. Don't, don't do all this flowery bullshit. Just tell me what, what, what you think. And then we'll be cool. Don't do mm-hmm. this. I don't know. Um. So let's see. The oh, we can go on like box office mojo and like find out what else happened on that weekend. So RoboCop came out in 1987, July 17th. And if you go to that day, oh, it was up against Jaws 4, Oof. The Revenge, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves reissue. The following weekend had La Bamba and a Superman 4, Quest for Peace. La Bamba the following week, right? Yeah, the following week. Um, it was number one that weekend, and then it was number two the next weekend. And the following weekend, July 31st, it went down to four. Do you know what came out that weekend? What, what took it from its top spot? Which one? The Living Daylights. Oh. The Lost Boys. Yeah, Living Daylights and The Lost Boys. Living Daylights. That's uh, James Bond, isn't it? Yeah, it's... Timothy, Timothy Dalton? Yes, it's one of Timothy Dalton's movies. Who is my favorite Bond? Oh, get out of here. It's an un- unpopular pick, but he's my favorite Bond. Yeah, it's unpopular for a reason. <laughs> so I guess from here on out, we watch the film, and then we give our impressions afterwards. Yeah. That's all we have to say about RoboCop for now. We will get back to you in a second. We're actually going to watch this 
movie again take notes on it and come back for the rest of the episode so we'll see you guys in a bit see you in a bit he died a hero target and was reborn as robocop a one-man police force with the strength of an army the speed of a laser the brain of a computer and a body made of steel Looking for me? Robocop. Rated R. Starts Friday, July 17th at a theater near you. Okay. So we just got back from finishing Robocop 1987, directed by Paul Verhoeven. I uh, looked up how to say his name on YouTube. Nice. Um, Yeah, so what are your thoughts on robocop so it's like i was watching this movie basically for the first time because there was a yeah. lot of stuff that i didn't remember yeah like i guess like i said before the only thing i remember was murph getting shot down yeah that's that's a very impactful scene oh yeah and it still hits pretty hard today but i i enjoyed it i thought it was cool i think I, it's yeah same I think I think you like it more than I do. I love this movie. Yes. I, I didn't know how much I loved the movie until I was watching it again. Like, before I was like, nah, the movie's pretty cool. There's, like, the, you know, it's more than just, like, a dumb, like, action movie with, like, an invincible cyborg hero. You know, there's a lot more going on. And I didn't remember exactly, like, the, the freaking ads and the TV show that they keep watching. And they just I'll they, buy that for a dollar. <laughs> it's it's fuck? so funny. Like the he looks so gross and like the camera zooms in on his face. But everybody who watches this thinks it's the funniest shit in the world. Like there's that scene when uh, Emil, one of the henchmen from Boddicker's gang, he's like sad, right? Cuz he just got his ass beat by RoboCop. <laughs> he's, he doesn't have his friends around and he smashes a window to turn up the volume as like everybody else is looting and rioting he just wants to watch the goddamn tv happy birthday day she's from me <laughs> well hey can i have you both sure <laughs> we've had our shots <laughs> i'd buy that for a dollar <laughs> And he starts laughing hysterically. I love the uh, the news segments as well. The news segments. See, here's the here's the thing. Like, this movie came out in 1987, right? This was during Ronald Reagan's presidency, and in 1983, I want to say, yeah, 1983 is when Ronald Reagan um, announced the Strategic Defense Initiative. Do you know what this is? No. So basically, there was like a fear of like, hey, what if like Russia shoots nukes overseas and hits us, right? Like, I think they call them ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles. We want to plan against that. So their plan was to use, I'll just list off the weapons. Um, They're going to use interceptor missiles that are tipped with nuclear warheads, homing missiles that are designed to like, hit the uh, ICBMs as they're in the air, uh, chemical lasers, 
particle weapons and hyper velocity railguns. And the hyper velocity railguns were um, they had like an acron an acronym of Checkmate because it stood for Compact High Energy Capacitor Module Advanced Technology Experiment. So they're like these super lasers that would like shoot the rock the nuclear missiles as they're like flying over. Okay. And the plan was like mocked and dubbed Star Wars by Ted Kennedy. And like basically he's going to use all these weapons, right, and put them on land, but also put them in space so that you you would have like nuclear tipped warheads in space designed to like defend against intercontinental missile. You're pointing a gun to the planet. A lot of guns. A lot of massively destructive guns to the planet. So people were like, well, this is going to cost too much and you're going to escalate the arms race even more. That like satellite on the news segment that you see in the first like five minutes of the movie, the one where like the president goes to and then like they lose lose power and they're like just floating around harmlessly. That's what that's a reference to. That's a direct reference to the SDI program. Oh, I thought that was just like a random funny thing. That was not random. That... That was real. 1983. This movie came out in 87. It was a thing. Like, if, you, if you're if you watching it in the 80s, that's probably what it would make you think of. And then, later on, that satellite, like, malfunctions and it shoots lasers at Santa Barbara. Right? I remember that. And two it kills two presidents. <laughs> kills 113 people. 10,000 acres burned. Two former presidents killed. And that's that's just, pretty funny. That's just in the news report. Like... That they... Well, it's funny that they like alluded to something real mm-hmm. and they just made it funny too. Yeah, it's not, it's funny, but it's also like, it's a direct criticism of uh, President Reagan and the Reagan administration. Paul, Paul Verhoeven really likes his commercials and movies. Like, oh, yeah. Watching this movie, it reminded me so much of Starship Troopers. Mm. And it's, I mean, obviously, it's made by the same guy, but it just feels like. It just feels the same. The sense like the of humor, intergender the locker rooms for the police. Oh yeah, RoboCop has these commercials and news reports, and Starship Troopers has like these uh, soldier reports, or you know, like these oh, army yeah, reports, yeah, yeah. where they're like, uh, "How many people killed in Buenos Aires?" and you know, it has all, it's all this uh, propaganda that's like the bugs are are gonna kill us, so it's your job to do what you can as a citizen because. That's what they're pushing, the whole citizen idea. Yeah, like, you, you yeah, be like, a good citizen. You know, be a good worker. Police officers don't strike. <laughs> yeah. It's the whole difference between a civilian and a citizen. Mm-hmm. And they have that clip of the kids killing the cockroaches. And mm-hmm. it's that sense of humor that's just... And in RoboCop, it's a bit more deadpan. It's like two vice presidents or two presidents were killed. Yeah, they, they put like a white sheet over a body mm-hmm. that they're doing like CPR <laughs> Like, dude, he got shot from a laser in space that it was just an accident. It was a routine startup that just blew him up. Or maybe it wasn't an accident. Maybe it was a it was a targeted thing to kill those two presidents. I don't know. That could <laughs> <laughs> But I think the, this the theme of the movie is like using technology that, that isn't really ready to be mainstreamed yet. Like ED two oh nine. Not ready for mainstream like the first thing it does is fuck up robocop probably not ready to like go out into the world yet it's funny because they even the even dick was like it doesn't matter if it was ready or not and i think it's interesting because that sort of mentality 
there's so much of it in everything. Mm-hmm. Even in look, I know this is totally off topic, but like even in video games, like yeah, it's like oh this this product isn't finished yet, but fuck it, let's just put it out there and like yeah, you know, it's we'll fix it. Part of like the American industry, there's hmm? a, a documented history of American industries making things that aren't ready yet. They'll be cutting costs just to get it out there, and then it's out there and it's it's causing you know mass destruction like the you remember the pinto car the ford pinto no yeah basically it was like a cheap car that was really small and they put the fuel tank on the back but during like low in like low speed like collisions like if you give the hit the pinto in the back the car the fuel system ignites and the car sets on fire and people died <laughs> people <laughs> people died <laughs> And I and I guarantee you that that was that was brought up during the absolutely during the test, like because the, they because they test this stuff they clearly have they test to. they test it and then the tests are negative but like or the tests are like hey it's not ready yet but like you know you got to meet that bottom line you got to you got to release it it's just it's, it's so irresponsible and you're driven by like the the profit you know before anything else. Man, RoboCop has a lot to say about that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's got, it's like, and it just even talks about the ethics of a police force that works for these, these big corporations. It's like, they can't do their job properly. They're always going to be, everyone's going to have an agenda. The, RoboCop is only able to kill the spoilers, I guess, Dick Jones, because of a technicality. He gets fired. That's literally it. But outside of that, he couldn't, he couldn't have. If, if the CEO were also evil, and like villainous as well, yeah. He couldn't. He couldn't be able to do anything against those people. And what, another thing that I love about this movie is that everything, nothing, no scene in this movie doesn't belong. You know, like there's that scene when the the civil servant, right? He takes his coworkers and the mayor hostage, and he makes <laughs> this list of demands. That's just like, what are you? T- you're not going to get any of that. What are you doing? And that was fantastic. And then Dick Jones does the same thing. He's like, I want a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> I want a I want a car. What kind of car? I want that six hundred something something. Six thousand. Oh, he says on a brand new car. Some reclining leather reclining leather seats. It goes real fast. It gets really shitty gas mileage. And then the negotiator's like, uh, how about the six thousand XUX? And he's like, does it come with cruise control? <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Did you watch the director's cut, by the way? Yes. Yes, I did. Uh, do you know what the differences are? No, I don't. There's about two or three like major ones. One of them has to do with Murphy's death. Most of them are about Murphy's death. Um, there's a, a shot where uh, his hand gets blown off, right? And then when he's on the ground, he like looks at the stump and like there's blood coming out of it. That's in the director's cut. The theatrical release did not have that. There's also a really cool shot in the director's cut where right before Clarence Boddicker shoots him in the head, um, Alex Murphy, he kind of like, he's like on his knees and he kind of looks up in pain. And then in one shot, like the camera sweeps around and we see uh, over the shoulder shot of Clarence aiming his gun at his head. And then it's all in one shot. To get this shot, they actually had to make a puppet that had to look like um, Peter Weller. And that wasn't in the theatrical cut? That was cut? not in the theatrical cut. And I think they were upset about it. Paul Verhoeven was upset about that because, I mean, 
I don't know if he was upset about it, but I'm just, if I was in their shoes, I'd be upset because I can't imagine that puppy was cheap to make, you know? People worked hard on that. They worked hard on that shot. And then it's like, nah, cut it. It is violent, though. So yeah. I could I could see from the studio standpoint, like, oh, yeah, we need it. It was the MPAA because they rated the movie X. And mm. you can't make money if your movie's rated X. And then there's um, when that guy gets killed, Kinney, in the very beginning. When he gets shot, Kinney falls on the model of uh, Delta City. You know, Which like how they were going to rebrand Detroit, gentrify Detroit, turn it into Delta City. And ED-209 just shoots Kinney's body up as he's like bleeding on the, the Delta City model. That shot is not in the theatrical release. It's a lot less violent. But I feel like that shot is so loaded with yes, like, the imagery. Is it's so, loaded, so I'm like, yes, exactly. Why would you take that out? There's it's, a point for it, you know? Yeah. That is hilarious. And that's, that would piss me off. Yeah. Like, if I'm, like, a an artist, you know, and they take out, like, but that's, like, the point. So, we do a bunch of stuff, but this dude's body laying on this, like, pretend city bothers you. Okay. Uh, oh, I'm so happy I saw the director's cut then. Yeah. And I think there's a, a few changes with, like, how Bobby gets shot in the leg. Like, it's more graphic in the director's cut. In the theatrical release, a lot of the graphic deaths are in wide shots. I, Clarence Boddicker getting stabbed in the neck is in a wide shot in a theatrical release but in the director's cut it's a close up you see him bleeding out of his neck there's one scene when Robocop kills Clarence and he has yeah. like that needle in his arm and he oh the data him. probe mm -hmm. yeah you don't see it pierce Clarence yeah. and I yeah. thought that was interesting the splash of blood that yeah. hits Robocop after but it's not but you don't see the you don't see it, it piercing his skin right his throat so i was right. like that has to have been something that was done in post they, they mm. must have gotten that on the day of mm -hmm. but because actually seeing a knife pierce through someone's skin is really like that might send people over the edge it's really interesting and i think uh it was just so obvious it was just watching it. it's like mm -hmm. oh they i feel like they got that but that must have mm -hmm. because this film was so violent they definitely had to tone it back yeah but it you know that that I mean that kind of begs the question. I kind of real quick want to just touch on this film is so glorified, but if they did a RoboCop remake and they did it kind of as violent as this was for the time, I don't think it would. I don't think most people would like it. First ten minutes of the movie, there's no crawl, right? We don't know what year it is. Everything that we learn about this world is done through the news and seeing how the cops go to work and then seeing the ocp omni consumer products you'll see like a day in their life right and then from that we gather what kind of a world we're in you know it's it's so good there's so much exposition packed in those 10 minutes and it's it's funny what they keep out because they don't show you a day in the life of murphy they don't show you his family you hardly ever see his family you only see his family in the flashbacks when he's dying and when he visits his house but that's it, though. I guarantee you that if that kind of approach was taken today, people would be like, like they would focus test this movie and be like, well, we Where, want more. Where's his family? <laughs> we want to see his family. We want to care about Murphy. So he, uh, Peter Weller, he usually plays like heroes. Like I think in 81, he was like the lead guy in Buckaroo Banzai. I 
think the, the movie with uh, the aliens and uh, what's his name is in it Jeff Goldblum it's like seeing like uh, who's like a good guy who plays good guys now like Chris Pratt like having so him like, like show up to work and like hey guys like hey it's Chris Pratt like where you know he's a good guy yeah and it, well imagine then seeing Chris Pratt totally obliterated yeah chomped up into different pieces as people are laughing at him like hyenas that i don't think the film if done today would garner the same reception i don't i don't think so i feel like a lot of people say this film is fantastic it's amazing but i feel like a lot of it is just because it's supposed to be a classic i don't know if people genuinely like what the film does not even having his family not having a really you know meaningful introduction to murphy or not even having a a, a real ending because the film just ends well i think the movie is about like this guy reclaiming his humanity he comes in he he, he talks to to lewis um and he's like doing his like little gun trick and he's like oh you, you know that show tj laser uh, my kid asked me if i do that when i take down a bad guy and i don't want to like role models are very important for a boy i think is what he says <laughs> And when he does that again at, after he becomes RoboCop, that's like a little piece of Alex Murphy. Because at that point, he's no longer Alex Murphy. He's a product of OCP. He's RoboCop. And then later on, Anne calls him, or like, no, wait, he sees Emil. And then he remembers like, oh, this guy is tied to my past. I don't know. I recognize him. And he kind of like malfunctions a little bit. I, I love how towards the end even robocop becomes unreliable he can't target correctly like his system yeah because he got shot to hell again and (laughs) and even then like even with emil he lets that gas station explode that's when he starts like malfunctioning a bit yeah because he starts to reclaim his humanity like part of what makes us human i would say this movie says is our connections to other people be they positive, like Robocop, like uh, Murphy's family or his partner, or negative, because he's driven uh, to get revenge against the people who took his life from him. He wants to find uh, Clarence Boddicker's gang. Which, and that's, and that's another thing too, Clarence is a cool villain. The villains in this are cool, but only, I, I think only because of of how they're performed like i feel mm. like clarence is just a drug dealer like he that's all he is like he, uh, he just, he's he, he's a drug dealer that believes in free enterprise which every drug dealer dr- does but he's not like it's not a, no the original not. character and he makes him apart stands up apart from other films is his is the performance are the lines you know yeah that's what that's what really sets him apart I feel like you have a lot of villains who are performed outlandishly and stuff, but people are like, well, he needs a backstory. He needs like something redeemable or he needs something. Well, Clarence, he's, he's a crime boss. Yeah. But he's also like an extension of corporate greed. Cause what, what is he trying to do in this movie? So basically they want new Detroit to be built. It's all the workers that are building it. Clarence can move in and sell what he does drugs yeah. prostitution he has like first dibs in a new criminal enterprise i don't know he's gonna um, be like the disney of crime basically, basically. <laughs> but uh, but outside of that there's not too much like he he's a criminal and he plays he plays like a ceo and that's great yeah he's a, 
the criminal entrepreneur that's the word entrepreneur <laughs> but outside of that i mean we don't have any he's not particularly like clever where he outsmarts robocop at every turn he's not the strongest he 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 has funny lines and he knows how to make his moves but i feel like especially nowadays with with how many more villains have come after that we couldn't have a character like him performed in a different way that would mm. hold up i think what really sets him apart is the the performance and the lines because i remember that baseball one yeah. during that scene because <laughs> you said sal and i was like wait a second sal yeah sal's the the coke dealer he's trying the strong arm into selling him cocaine at a discount but but once you mentioned his lines i was like oh i know exactly what you're talking about a lot of people love to see a guy like me a guy like you out of business I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not making myself clear. I don't want to fuck with you, Sal. But I got the connections. I got the sales organization. I got the muscle to shove enough of this factory so far up your stupid wop ass that you'll shit snow for a year. Frankie, blow this cocksucker's head off. Ooh, guns, guns, guns. Come on, Sal. Tigers are playing. Two nights. I never miss a game. He's got and it's just, a lot of great lines. Exactly. And I think that's what really sets him apart. It's like, can I get my phone call now? Or, yeah. you know? <laughs> He's it's, just... stuff like, it's stuff like that that elevates it. And I think... I think the performance, I mean, the character, I feel like if you had put a, another actor, it just wouldn't hold up as well. Mm. I don't think. I think he's a character that, like, represents an idea. And I think that's what makes him good. I think it's okay if characters do that, you know? Like, this character isn't as much a person as it is the, like, what if this idea, this guy who is just driven by greed, <laughs> and he, and he oper operated like a... Like, like a, a criminal business entrepreneur and and he totally embodies that but i i feel like nowadays it's just like villains have to be something more i wonder how clarence would someone like clarence would play today and i want to yeah. and i do want to rewatch i want to watch the new remake because i'm sure that they try to remake clarence well as a whole i just want to watch the 2014 version of it and just see what they changed and what they kept and why it didn't hold up i'll tell you what they kept the the left arm do you remember oh. that? Yeah, yeah. They kept that? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, it's... So, like, the movie is about this guy reclaiming his humanity, right? The movie starts with the guy introducing himself as Murphy, and it ends with him introducing himself as Murphy, right? Because he's finally, like, a, a human again, sort of. The other movie... As soon as he like wakes up from surgery, he's like, "What'd you do to me?" Ah! And he like runs out of the the police station, and like now you have nowhere to go. <laughs> he's been human all along. He just has to deal with being with who he is. Oh, yeah. that's kind of why. And that arm thing's kind of important too, because it just shows like, oh, we don't care. Like he is not human. This is a product of OCP. Yeah, and. That arm is a liability. So screw mm -hmm. it. Put the arm on. But they kept the, but they kept the, or keep the arm.
arm off. Yeah, like, if they, you look at they the... They kept it here? Yeah, his hand is human. It's flesh in the... His right hand, his right hand. His right hand, which was the one that oh, was honest. shot off. But... And, that's, and that's the one that, uh, that does the arm thing, right? Yes. Because humanity, okay, or the, that does the gun thing. Because humanity is it's tied to his humanity. Oh, shut the fuck up! This thing is yeah. stupid. Yeah, this pisses it's, me off now. Yeah, that's what I said when I was watching like thirty seconds of uh, of uh, the remake, and like I already don't like this <laughs> that was what I saw. I saw him like waking up and him freaking out, and I saw his human hand. I'm like, this I don't like this. Now, see, look, I don't look again. Ultimately, there's so much more that goes to whether a film is great or not. Right, right, right. But it's these, but it's these little things that, when everything's brought together, all these different ideas have to come together and form this big idea. These little, you know, what right. I mean? the everything has to be cohesive, and everything yeah. in this movie is like those the, commercials. The, like we, the, the, do you remember the one for the the car, the six thousand SUX? That's the T Rex one where the T Rex is stomping around oh, the city and uh-huh, he's, yeah. his eyes bug. I was like, whoa, that's a nice car. Or it's a yeah. big car. The 6000 SUX, the same car that the civil servant is offered, the same car returns at the end. And it's, it's, it's great because everything comes together. Get rid of the arm. And I just feel like having stuff like that, like, oh, let him keep his arm because of his humanity is. Not ultimately what makes the newer RoboCop bad. I can't say that. But it just kind of dilutes the idea. Makes it mm-hmm. a little bit more palatable for modern audiences. Where it's like, oh no, he at least has his right arm. Whereas the first film was like, no. Also, that. This his dude face. Is... Right? You see oh, his when... face earlier. Like in this, in the 87 RoboCop, you don't see his face again until he's like starting his journey back to his humanity. And it is horrifying. Yeah. It 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 looks it looks nasty. Yeah. And this one just kind of like, oh no, we can't make Joel Kinnaman look ugly. We can't hide Joel Kinnaman. Are you crazy? It just that kind of stuff dilutes the intention of the film. Uh, and aside from the fact that the film's PG thirteen, which I, I mean, look, I'm one of those people that not everything has to be super bloody and violent. I could totally see stuff being PG thirteen, but something like robocopying pg-13 that's like remaking starship troopers and making that pg-13 you really can't do it you need the blood and the gore the mutilation i just don't see it oh another thing i wanted to to talk about in this movie is like there's a lot of violence right but i think what's more horrifying is the character's complete apathy to the violence happening right Kinney is like his body is like destroyed in front of them by this terrifying robot, um, and the the guys are like, "What does uh Bob do?" Right after that, he goes over and tries to talk to the old man and like, "Hey, my project won't do this. It's good. We can be ready to go in ninety days." And he's like, it, it, "The the CEO shows like no does not care at all." I mean, like. When the guy gets killed, he doesn't move from his chair. He just kind of like puts his face in his hands. And he's like, you call this a glitch? This will cost us $50 million. <laughs> but the the CEO is like, uh, like he's not even worried about what this kind of story it's, coming out would yeah, do. It's like he's being inconvenienced. 
it's only a glitch a temporary setback you call this a glitch and bob and the his other guy johnson i think his name was was the black guy with the glasses he was like their third member of their group they were like walking up to the building together kenny was the guy who was like oh man you think the old man will be there um and then they go into that same elevator and ride down and one of them isn't there <laughs> Because he died on the the model of uh, Detroit or Delta City, and died he's a like horrible. horrible death. And he's like, "That's yeah, too bad about Kinney." And then what does Bob say? Oh, that's life in the big city. Oh, he does say that. Yeah, yeah. When Ray Wise is at the club and he's dancing, RoboCop just like grabs him and like drags him away. He he tries to shoot RoboCop, or but no one reacts to. To this he kicks him in the balls he tries to kick him in the balls that's right and nobody everyone's still dancing in the yeah and he's being dragged away and people are just dancing at him like what's wrong with you people and it's what's the same kind of thing that when they were shooting murphy it's the same yeah we don't care we find it funny we're just yeah going about our day this movie yeah there's i have no idea how you remake this movie for modern audience i have no idea People, people wouldn't like. People don't like that idea, and it's it's not supposed to be likable. It's pretty satirical. It's a it's a criticism of. I want to say it's a criticism of American culture, and I don't think, I don't think modern audiences would appreciate it as much. It would definitely disturb a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It a lot of people would say, "Oh, you know, this, she's not my cup of tea." Which is, hey, it's fine. That's totally, that's totally. I get that, you know, but it just confuses me how this film has such a huge following it's robocop mm-hmm. even people who have never seen the film know what robocop is yeah it's in the it's probably up there with like recognizable brand names as like star oh, wars definitely marvel definitely that's why robocop crossover with terminator but it's it's funny though because how is robocop that recognizable yet it's this super ultra violent sick joke about american culture I'm like, how? How? Well, this this did come out in the 80s during Ronald Reagan's presidency. Like, this came out in the middle of the Iran-Contra affair. Maybe people were ready to, like, you know, watch something that exposes corporate greed. Like, the dangers of I, corporate greed. I guess. I don't know, man. It it confuses me. Plus, this, the special effects are pretty good. 
And they're pretty funny. But this movie's like so left field. It's like, oh, yeah, people are – most people in this movie are shitty. Everyone, everyone's miserable. You don't get enough of the backstory on his family. Yeah. I'm just – I'm still surprised at how big of a following RoboCop is, especially learning that the sequels didn't even make that much money. No, because I think the story was, was told in the first one. But if the but if the sequels made more money, like the second one, boom, box office hit, number one of the box office for, for weeks. Oh, third one, not as much as the second one, but still a big hit. All right, I'd understand. But like why why we still talk about RoboCop, you mean? Why do we still talk about RoboCop? RoboCop is way more of a recognizable brand than like Starship Troopers and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they're basically the same thing. And I think it was because they went the Star Wars approach where they marketed the hell out of RoboCop himself. That yeah, that outfit, a, that, was, yeah, that, that silver plated yeah. is iconic. It's great. It, it's fantastic. I think this is another example of a film that was marketed, and I feel like an audience has grown See, up with and that. And like the way he, he puts his gun in his leg, people remember that. Oh, absolutely. But this is, I think this is another example where it's like, I don't really think, I think it's the idea of RoboCop that's more loved than the actual film. Because I guarantee you, if I went up to my dad right now, it's like, hey, dad, do you like RoboCop? He'd be like, oh, yeah, I love yeah, the, RoboCop. Yeah, the robot cop that shoots bad guys. Yeah, he's cool. But if I showed him the director's cut, he'd be like, wow, this is a lot more violent than I remember. Whereas if I showed mm, him the 2014 yeah. version, he'd be like, oh, this is great. This is like the old RoboCop. It's like. No, it's he moves so slow because Peter Weller had difficulty moving in this suit, so they had to like rework some of the scenes because of how slow he had to move. He like learn but, how to do the robot to walk around. But isn't like in the new one, like he's like sipping around, running around. Yeah, the new one, he's like running around, which makes which makes sense. It's you know, which makes sense. But, it's like he has, to, you know, it's technology i guess you have to make it somehow part of the point though was that these machines were designed to look big but they didn't really work very well it wasn't about the function as it was about the like you know macho like the the car had to be so big because bigger is better that's in the ad ed209's like design is just why is it so big why are the legs so big it can't even go downstairs that's all a small-time criminal has to do. He just has to go down or up some stairs, and he's away from ED9. ED209. ED and I'm like, and that's it's like, ridiculous. It's like, you have 20 seconds to comply. Like, 20 seconds is a very short amount of time. It's not a lot. And the do you hear the like the background dialogue when they're like, oh, what went wrong? He didn't hear the gun. He didn't hear the gun drop. They're just, like, pushing him by himself. <laughs> yeah. And look, and look, look, man. If I'm being honest... I did not want to be in the way of this guy and 209. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I feel like someone would have been like, hey, how about you leave the room? How about you run away? Yeah. You know, or something. But before we even see ED 209, we know that it has run into a bunch of problems with money and delays. Like, we know that this thing isn't like ready, really ready to go, or it has like a troubled um, development phase. So like when the robot like walks in, they're already afraid of it. I was watching this with Leanna and she was like, why are they so afraid? What do you think is going to happen? I'm like, do you remember what happens to this guy? <laughs> but that robot overkilled that man. Yes. I feel like 
what 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 RoboCop does really well is he's efficient with his gun. You know, he pa 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 pa. Yeah. But ED Nine is like, it's like that robot has a grudge. He's like, I'm going to destroy this human and his yep. soul. It's just like soulless. Argh. It does not care. What? It does not. And it roars like a lion, or I think it was a jaguar. I didn't yeah. know it was a jaguar. I it, I don't know. I, I remember I looked it up. Imagine that'd be. Cr- imagine if stuff like that happened. Like you had robots like that walking around. That would be terrifying. Fuck, fuck that. It, it reminds me of the. Uh, do you remember the Honda Asimo robot? No. Um, I can't remember what year it was, but basically Honda built this robot and it was showing off, and it, it tries to go upstairs and it like falls over, on like the, the third one or something, and then they like bring out a screen to like. I don't know, protected from the shame from the audience. <laughs> it's so funny. Robocop predicted the future. And it did it in an entertaining way. It was uh-huh. it was a it was a cool movie. I enjoyed it. I'm not I'm not in love with it. I think I have probably enjoyed Starship Troopers a little bit more. But I mean it's not a bad movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I'm also not gonna like like sit here and suck it off. Just be like, oh it's I, no, I no, mean because because it's i i don't know for some reason for i enjoyed it and i i appreciate everything that came together but i think it's and a friend of mine said this he's like some you know you could try to rationalize and break this all down but in the end of the day it just has to you know there are just movies that lift your spirit that carries your spirits to heaven and that's <laughs> when you glorify it and then there are just movies that you know don't do it but you still like them and that's kind of where i'm at with robocop i enjoyed it it's super entertaining and I think it's really deep, a lot deeper than most so people deep. give it credit to. So yeah. deep. I don't know. There is, there's something, something about Starship Troopers that when I watch that, I'm like, oh my god, oh. <laughs> and uh, I just, I really fucking love that movie. But RoboCop, I enjoyed it. I think it's great. But people even thinking about remaking this movie, I'm like, why the hell would you want to do that? I think you could remake it. It's just no. there's there's a certain tone that this movie has that I don't think the new one even tried to do. I don't think the film would be received that well. I don't think so. I think people I think people would talk about the violence. They talk about how dark it is. They talk about the 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 apathy in it. They talk about how man those commercials are weird. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. It's all to the point. And I don't think a studio would be ready to, to make something like that. You're talking about making an R-rated film about the future that is totally depressing and violent and gory. But yeah, also no, really funny. Also really funny. And also like shreds American culture and politics and corporations. Yeah, yeah. no. We're not really about that. It's going to be a commercial success? I doubt it. I don't think it's mm. going to hit a billion mark. And that's what studios want. They want that billion dollar marks. And how do you land that? With uh, the Marvels and the superheroes. And uh, I think Neil Blomkamp could have done it. But he left the project because the studio wants it now. Mm. Uh, it's, it's funny because that's what they want about ED209. They want it now. They want... <laughs> the fact that they're un- that they're not even self-aware enough for that just they're already on a different page than what the film requires mm. i don't have any faith at all i don't think and why and why why should they remake it i mean this one still holds up really well some of the special special effects don't but i'm not gonna shit on the people who did that because that's some revolutionary stuff they built two ed not at least two different ed 209s one of them was like 
life size. The other one was like the small one. When the small one's moving around, they had to like give it that default pose. So that's why every time 209 moves, it goes back to like its standing pose because the big one couldn't move. So it had to like go back to that that default form. Um and then it's that incredible. Yeah. In that shot where like E D two oh nine like walks into the boardroom, uh they had to like take off like the legs of the small robot because it would like step on the camera. So they did like a lot of work trying to bring this thing to life with the limitations of the technology that that they had. And I can't and it, it looks a little janky, but yeah. it's still it's still amazing what they pulled off. I know some audiences would be like, ah, it doesn't look that good. It's like, shut the fuck up. It was a different time. It wasn't supposed to look good. And I guarantee you, if you were alive back then, you couldn't have made something better. So get the fuck out of here. The the fact that they weren't designed, they're purposely designed uh, corporate products because the special effects are a little dated. It kind of like, they kind of go hand in hand. You know what I mean? Yeah. It It doesn't like detract away from like the like the machine can't function properly anyway you know so it's it's kind of funny watching this thing fall down the stairs did you notice when the data probe is introduced when he goes back and tries to uh, scan emil's uh, facial recognition his photo id did you see what the computer how the computer categorized uh criminals no alias ids like their other names fingerprint id voice print iris id photo id sex political affiliation and their credit score really yes when he pulls up emil's profile he can sort through emil's vital statistics his felony rap sheet his medical and psych sheets his known accomplices his misdemeanor rap sheet and again his credit score so I thought that was like crazy, and like Liana found, or she told me about this uh, thing, this app in China, where it shows you if you're standing by someone in debt. What the fuck? Yeah, the province in northern China developed an app to tell people whether or not they are walking around someone in debt. The the app is named Map of Deadbeat Debtors. That's insane. Because if you did that in America. That would not fly. People would not be okay with that. It's a fucking Black Mirror episode. Mm-hmm. So it's obviously not a good idea. And people are aware of it. But in China, they're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is going to promote wellness in the community. And so I'm like, yo, the fact that you're even trying to ch- to sell this is scary. And man, I'm not even surprised that they have that, um, that yeah. app. It's, it's wild. In case you were wondering, Black Mirror is already here. Authorities in the Chinese Hebei province are now testing an app which will enable users to check on the debt status of people around them. It's part of China's social credit score system, a policy that's raising ethical and privacy concerns. Okay, George, so we've been talking about RoboCop for a while. We shouldn't even bullshit. Like, our... Recording sounds different because we're recording this a few weeks, months, (laughs) (laughs) months removed from our initial recording because A, we have, well, I've upgraded my recording equipment, so hopefully I sound better. And B, 
because we have a rating system we're trying to test out. So this will be our first, this will be our trial run on our new rating system where we take a quote from the movie that sums up how we feel about the movie. It's still a work in progress. What, we're, what we want to do is talk about a quote that we think sums up how we feel about the film or a quote that just we really appreciate and we wanted to share with you and it kind of kind of uh, reflects how we feel about the film. Yes, and as opposed the, to like a five-star system that everybody else uses. Which is not bad, but... It's you not know, bad. It's, some of our episodes will have them. And, but, you know, we're, we're trying to experiment, figure out what works and what doesn't. So, you know. All right. So I really, really love this movie. I think it holds up very well. I think the the special effects look really cool. And if they look dated, that's okay. Because the machines that are being represented in this movie aren't supposed to be, like, functioning they're just supposed to be uh, functioning enough you know ed-209 is not ready so when when ed-209 is walking around all janky like yeah it's not ready because the uh what's the name of the corporation omnicorp omnicorp is is pushing it out before it's ready so that they can make a sale you know so Mm -hmm. When the special effects don't match up to like what we have now, it's it adds to that that theme that this corporation is putting profits above safety, above the well-being of their employees. And that is something that rings true, especially right now. Yeah, so I, I, I like how self-aware it is. And I like how there's this really funny thing, like that TV ad that keeps popping up. Um, it's not even at it's a show the i'd buy that for a dollar like that show that keeps coming back it's the same punchline but the the people watching the tvs are just so like glued to it and the purpose of those the tv you know is to sell you ads and those ads are just so and the people are like glued to the, the screens and that also rings true today like i can't tell you like when I'm looking through my phone and like all these intrusive ads just pop up right in front of me and some of them are like super hard to like click away from. And the the thing that I'm looking at is stupid. It's like a, a top 10 reaction gifts for something. It's, it's the same thing. It's the same reaction gifts. I've seen them before a thousand times <laughs> and I'm going out of my way to look at them again. <laughs> Like, this movie is so ahead of its time. And quote that I would like to use to represent how I feel about this movie is, I like it! <laughs> I hope I didn't peek the microphone. I, I'm looking at the, the the waves, and it's just like, it spikes right there. <laughs> That's okay. It's, 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 how they, it's how they did it in the movie. That was a very good impression. Thank you. Um, I have to agree with everything. I think um, I I don't love this movie as much as you, uh, but I still like it, and there's still a lot to appreciate, and I absolutely agree. All the special effects and the visual effects are amazing. Yeah, they look a little janky, but like you said, it's it, it's part of the film. 
And also, like, these were people, like, the craftsmen behind this film, they put in a lot of effort into making this practical and real. And mm-hmm. it's not easy. It's not easy at all. So I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say, yeah, but it hasn't aged well. No, but a lot of films haven't. By today's standards, no. It, uh, it still looks good, and it gets the point across, and there's a lot to appreciate. The, the visual effects are great. I love the performances. One of my favorites is Clarence Boddicker. So good. I, yeah, he. I don't think his. I. I still stand by what I said. I don't think his villain is world changing, and it's not. You know, he's. I still. I still think he's a great villain because of the performance. I think of just the way he comes across. Also, I were talking about this, but I don't think a lot of villains today have fun with the roles. I think everything's pretty much. It's very straightforward. There are exceptions, but I feel like everyone's like the the quiet, intimidating type that has a deep voice. Uh, I want to take over the universe, or you know, or they do like some, or they have that fancy kind of spoken ass. I'm thinking of uh, Jupiter Ascending of Eddie Redmayne. I will have their heads on a platter. <laughs> Yeah, and that's a little and that's a little campy too, but it's <laughs> I like Clarence yeah. because he he rides that line of being scary but also having a lot of fun. He he's one of my favorite parts. He as a kid he terrified me and as an adult he still kind of scares me. I would yeah. not want to be in the room with this man. Yeah. I love its stark sense of humor. Uh when ED9 blows away that guy's body apart just constantly shooting he's it's it's so horrific but it's it's funny at the same time because yeah. he is not stopping and everyone is just pushing him away and it's so dark but it's hilarious and the 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 shot of him bleeding over the uh model over the city new detroit like and it's just his it body Delta like city. his body like uh like just uh, what's the word convulses yeah, like his body's just like shaking from the force of every bullet hitting him. It's super disturbing but hilarious at the same time. Um, I love that sense of humor. So my quote to summarize how I feel is not necessarily doesn't apply. It's a quote that I really like. And whenever I think of this quote or think of this scene, it makes me want to rewatch the film. And it's by Clarence Boddicker. He's talking to Sal, and he's making a put. He's making a move on Sal's business, and everyone draws their guns. You know, Sal's men, Clarence's men. They have a they have a stare down with guns, and he uh, Clarence says, "Ooh, guns, guns, guns! Come on, Sal. Tigers are playing tonight, and I never miss a game." <laughs> I again, you can't. I can't extrapolate that to how I feel about the movie, but I love that quote so much. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, yeah. So Dude, he's so good in this movie. He's fantastic. He's incredible. There's, there's again, there's a lot to like about the movie, but I think he's the star. All right, so we have completed our review of RoboCop. We've, yes, we've finished talking about RoboCop, and we both like it. Yes. If you have any ideas of how you would see a RoboCop two sequel that continues like the thematic message of the first robocop let us know you can contact us on our social medias both on twitter and instagram we are retrograde underscore pod 
or you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Yes. Subscribe if you aren't already, please, if you would, if you want. Do you it. Know. <laughs> Do it. Uh, um, and we also leave us five stars. I've heard that that helps people become more aware of the podcast. That's what all the podcasts that I listen to say to do. So they wouldn't be lying to me, right? And I wouldn't lie to you. Don't do, don't give us four stars. Don't give us four and a half. Hell, if I see four and three quarters, I'm coming after you. Give us those, <laughs> give us those five stars. God damn it. Yeah. Um, do you want me else? to ED9 you? You're saying it wrong every ED209. ED09, ED9, bite my ass. Ed, Ed209. <laughs> Ed is, 209. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Bite my shiny metal ass. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening to us. We'll catch you on the next one. Yes. See ya. Mm-hmm.